seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. think that a film which was an exploitation version of the eyes of outer face would be a little bit more fun wouldn't you mansion of the doomed sorry let's call it by its uk title massacre mansion also known as the terror of dr cheney eyes eyes of dr cheney house of blood but we'll call it mansion of the doomed as that's probably the one it's best known as certainly in america Made in 1976, directed by Michael Pataki, who we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, it's really um, probably in the the epic um, exploitation of filmography of Charles Band, the person who gave us Puppet Master, Subspecies, uh, amongst others, and some films which are you know uh, not just comedy horrors. Um, a sign of a, 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 a his a burgeoning exploitation career. This is early on in the Charles Band produced canon, and as such, is available on his streaming service, Full Moon Pictures. You would have thought, though, that um, considering um, the glowing terms he talks about this early film in the, in his uh, film production canon, that they wouldn't have just um, taken a scan from a VHS and lashed it online. But, you know, we can't have everything, can we? They told us death was the ultimate horror. They were wrong. Yet who would have predicted that dreadful day how far I might have to go? only thing you'd better discover is a way to get rid of those people. Wait a minute. This isn't the way to Disneyland. You're heading toward the ocean. Catherine, no more! Kill them. Daddy, I love you. Well, as most of us have my intent. No, please, people. Let me go. film, this US production, it stars Richard Basehart, who um, 
has appeared in many had appeared in many things over the years. Um, who is in a mad scientist role? Who, in a car accident, guiltily um, blinds his daughter. Now he's a, a, a surgeon and a deeply um, troubled man. And uh, what he does uh, is is the old um, you know uh, he drugs people. They wake up in his uh, incredibly well facilitated uh, lab in his home, and he removes their eyes completely, and then inserts them uh, into his daughter, uh, who becomes increasingly scarred. Because what happens is the surgery never takes, and it just gets worse and worse, and she becomes more and more scarred. And instead of killing any of these people, he dumps them in the basement without with, with no eyes. And um, the um, this is a, a highlight for uh, Stan Wilson's uh, special effects. We've spoken about Stan Wilson before, who um, you know obviously went on to work in, in the Terminator and that kind of stuff. Um, but you know the, there is um, a lot of scenes, including um, the 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 start of well, the the hero was such, I suppose, Lance Henriksen, who spends uh, a nor- an enormous amount of time in the film with this appliance on that makes him look like he's got no eyes, which if you're going to get Lance in, surely he would have it so he looks as dashing and as intriguing as ever, rather than in this film when he basically is stuck in a dark dungeon in a massive cage uh, for just huge chunks of the film. Um, screaming. Mansion of the Doomed is an interesting film in the sense that it, despite its... Uh, you know, when you turn around and say it's a mad scientist movie, you know, it's an exploitation film mid 70s you'd imagine you're in for a good time the film is somber it's a somber movie featuring an incredible cast to be fair but um and um some great talents in terms of special effects as well but it is essentially quite grim and I know we're talking about video nasties, and of course, lots of the films we've spoken about is grim. But um, but I think I think maybe I've been uh, lulled into a false sense of security a little bit with the um, with the section free list, where a lot of the stuff just tends to be like, like horror films that you'd find any anywhere, anywhere, any day in day out. Um, and um, certainly with this film, we have um, the, the the tension and the horror comes from two places. One is watching our mad doctor, Dr. Leonard Cheney, Len Cheney, kind of a nod to Lon Cheney, um, the, the, the actor, um, talking to people and it's clear that he is going to try and drug them and kidnap them and then take their eyes, including some scenes of a young child, um, which is, uh, you know, tense and scary and like, oh my God, don't, don't, don't blind the kids. Don't blind the kid and dump him in your basement, doc. I mean, what the fuck, man? Um, and then there's um, the the flip on that, which is the more uh, tor- torturey kind of stuff. I mean, he doesn't torture; no one's getting tortured, but the people, blinded people, terrified, locked in a in a cell that's electrified, um, so they can don't like you know overwhelm them because only two people doing this, and um, they um, sit there kind of screaming, basically just terrified. At, you know, obviously deeply traumatized by the experience. And the, the film is not short. It's like, it's, it's nearly, it's nearly an hour and three quarters. So there's a lot of, I mean, and it gets going probably within 20 minutes. Lance, 
Henriksen's eyes are out of his head probably by the 25 minute mark I might be might be underestimating overestimating that and um although we don't see him in the, in his cage for a little bit longer um so you get a lot of time of Dr. Cheney kind of tempting people for various different ways to to take their eyes and the daughter becoming increasingly disfigured because of the surgery and the doctor's continuing to go for it and um, the doc and his, do- his wife, Catherine, who's played by Gloria Graham, who we'll get onto again in a minute, um, kind of just, you know, um, trying to deal with this mounting problem that they're creating for themselves, you know, in terms of um, these people who have, you know, who are stuck in the, in the basements. So technically probably a hard film to recommend maybe i'm being a little harsh but i mean at its heart incredible stuff so like say a lot about charles bamboo he is as a producer he is locked out with this fucking that, that what he's managed here so richard basehart for starters probably known best for his tv roles voyage to the bottom of the sea which he was in for about four or five years um certainly enough to make him famous but he also appeared in um, Fellini films. He, appeared, he was in uh, La Strada in '54, and then he, you know, was in some strong um, film noirs, including *He Walked by Night*. I mean, probably this this centralized role where he's appearing on people's TV screens on a weekly basis with Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, you know, the Irwin Allen TV show, um, almost certainly kind of impacted on his film career, mainly because from that point on, he, you know, he was kind of known for being, you know, the fella off the telly, kind of stops him from being a, a bigger name on um, on TV, on, on films. And this is kind of where he ends up kind of desperately trying to, show himself again as like you know a good actor you know this you know say so he worked really hard in this film i think it's fair to say so like obviously you know, we're, we're we're ways away we're, we're from from him being on tv all the time with, with voice at the bottom of the sea so that was like mid 60s this is mid 70s and um reflects the fact that he's working in things at this point but uh, such as um tv movie roles including Soul Survivor and Birdman uh, rather than you know um, something slightly more impressive but nonetheless he, he he's desperately working to make to elevate this film as much as he can and he's helped considerably by Gloria Graham who um, again um, you know very much popular in the, in the start of his career um, she is uh, probably most famously known, I would say, in the UK for playing uh, Violet Bick. Is the um, she's not the other woman. That's the wrong way to put it. She's like she could lead to disgrace for George Bailey um, in the It's a Wonderful Life. But she was Oscar nominated as well in the late forties for uh, Crossfire, and she of course won uh, the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in The Bad and the Beautiful in nineteen fifty two. As she got older. Her um, her roles became slightly uh, different. She again fell into the TV route, appearing in things like you know part bit parts in The Outer Limits and The Fugitive. 
you know, a big part elements of for kind of heading into a, a filmography that also included um, The Nesting, which is the other film called Masker Mansion that's on the section of free list from 1981. This is uh, also, as we've said, an early role for Lance uh, Henriksen, who does not get, who works as hard as he can with what he's got, trying to be very, um, you know, uh, noble uh, and, and, and forthright in a, in a role which is not great for him, mainly because he spends the majority of the film's runtime uh in a basement with a big eyeless appliance on his head, uh, screaming and kind of going, it'll be okay. Come with me. And that kind of thing. But nonetheless, he, you know, he is, he, he does as well as he can do. Um, but this is not the, um, this is not the role of, for example, most notably, you know, um, near dark or, or Bishop and aliens, shall we say, um, or indeed for that matter. Um, some of the support and roles he did with Clive Counts, The Third Kind, and Omen 2. Um, but nonetheless, uh, a decent enough role. So, you know, ever, so far, so everything really impressive. I think the wheels start coming off slightly when we look at who directed the film. So Michael Pataki um, was really a, an actor, to be fair, whose film career worked in all sorts of stuff, including Airport 77, um, Remo Williams, he's in Rocky Four, you know, he's in Dead and Buried, if we go down the old um, horror film route, as well as uh, Halloween Four, although that's, uh, you know, not not, not, not that... <laughs> Not that film, uh, not not a video nasty, obviously, but uh, but certainly dead and buried was, um, and did occasional uh, bits of directing as well. And this was one of those those films. And I I, I do wonder what his his thoughts were in terms of, um, you know, I'm assuming. And I can only guess this. The reason is that you know money, <laughs> money would be the reason why he directed this. He only he directed, only directed a few films in his career. This, uh, the 1977 version of Cinderella, and an episode of the Hardy Boys. Um, so you know, not a huge amount. So really, you know, a very strong character actor. In fairness, and um, written by uh, Frank Ray Pirelli, um, who again a mixture of things. He's a writer and an actor. He does a. He did write also that Cinderella that we spoke about from '77, as well as films like Laser Blast and Fairy Tales as well. So um, you know, not uh, you know uh, a, a real mixed bag of a of a filmography. And the, from a cinematographer point of view, it was Andrew Davis who who's the cinematographer who you know again went on to direct. Um, films such as Holes, he worked on The Fugitive um, and um, Under Siege. So, you know, he became a, a big name action Hollywood director, which, if I'm being honest, you might not see that much of in the cinematography for this film. It is, however, very difficult to say that because I watched, as I've already mentioned, the uh, the full moon pictures uh, streaming version of the film, which is uncut, but also a rip from a VHS. So thanks for that, Charles. If you, if you like your fucking early movie so much, why don't you do a new scan of it? Um, yeah, 
It's a funny one that full moon picture, isn't it? On an unrelated notes, I'm subscribed to it, and they throw yeah, you subscribe you subscribe for the year for like it's nothing. It's like forty five quid, and they will give you like ten Blu-rays. It's like they've got uh, say thanks for signing up for the year, and then like you know the majority of it is like um, all this you all the stuff you'd imagine. So like there's like fifteen million puppet master films on there, and all the demonic toys and all that shit that Charles dances. So. Charles Band is very like famous for, I suppose, these days. These kind of VHS mid eighty, early nineties uh, exploitation comedy horror. All right, and then there's like like proper Nazi exploitation films in there as well, and then there's like a load of Fulci. It's bizarre as a mixed stuff. Like it's all like you know offensive. <laughs> it's all like varied degrees of offensive, but. Uh, but like, if you if you look at the Arrow streaming service and go, this is grand. Well, maybe. I'm, but I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna watch any of the Nordic noirs. Then maybe Full Moon is a cheaper option for you, my friends. And as I say, you get a lot of Blu-rays through it. Anyway, Massacre Mansion, Mansion of the Doomed, a reasonably uh, like it's there's, there's so much talent there. You know what I mean? It's like so much talent, and and so it makes it work. So it works, right? So like. I was saying, like, the, the tension when he's, like, going around, like, picking people up is, it's, like, really tense, you know. Would you like a glass of wine? And he turns to these people, and I'm like, fucker, don't drink the wine, man. He's going to take your eyes. It, it's good. And then, like, in the basements, it's, like, it's cripplingly oppressive. But it's so po-faced. And, like, nobody in the history of mankind has gone, oh, I love a mad scientist film, but I wish they took the, te- the, the, the subtext more seriously. So yeah, um, worth a go, but an, an oddity, a curio more than anything else, I would say. So yeah, so the film was released in 1983 on Vipco, on VHS. And um, it had a cinema release as well. It got an 18 certificate. It's an 86 minute cut of the film. Um, and then it's it's popped up again in uh, 80. 1992, where it got a VHS release, and then it popped up again, again from Vipco, where it got a 15 certificate, which probably feels close to what's actually worth, to be honest with you, despite its tension, etc. It is quite a, um, it's fairly bloodless, to be fair. And that's a 15, and that again is, um, under the title, that was under the title Mansion of the Doomed. So, you know, <laughs> it is out there, but yeah, I mean, the easiest way to get hold of it now is almost certainly just to give four pounds to to Charles Band and, and stream a crappy VHS copy over the internet. Which, um, it, you know, what I don't even know if it's if it's that length because they're just the frame rate. To be honest with you, but it it that is the what that is the length it is on there, uh, which is considerably shorter than the uh, the VHS. This is 36 Beach Hill Drive. Inside this house, something so horrifying is taking place, we cannot show it to you on television. They told you death was the ultimate horror. They were wrong. Some movies you watch, some you feel. You'll feel Mansion of the Doomed. Mansion of the Doomed. Right, so next week, um, Wes Craven's The Hills of Eyes. Uh, again, not a film you're going to struggle to get hold of. Um, 
a classic, I think a lot of people would say. Um, certainly, a, you know, one of the... It's kind of the film that kind of saves Craven's career, really. Um, and it's... Um, it's a, it's a hillbilly horror, and it, it's it's probably the definitive hillbilly horror, I would argue. Definitely worth a go if you've not seen it or haven't seen it in a long time. And Arrow have got a very nice uh, Blu-ray of it now. So, till next week, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video? Oh, you've easy. never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. <laughs>